Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm stuck inside with my kids right now, all three of them, and we turned on a like high-intensity interval training cardio video online, like bodyweight cardio thing, and they're still out there doing it, and I took a break to come in here and do the intro to the podcast. <laughs> Kids have no end. They're like an endless supply of energy. It's incredible. You're like, it's like eight o'clock at night. All you've been doing is like sprinting around all day. And somehow you are energetic enough to bounce on the bed for 20 minutes. Like it's a trampoline or something. It's, it's amazing. It's something I, they inspire me and I aspire to someday have as much energy as them. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if it'll ever happen. But you know what? That's going to be one of my goals. <laughs> um, this week, we are sitting down and we're talking with Brittany uh, Charbonneau. I almost mispronounced that again like an idiot. Uh, it's Brittany Charbonneau. Brittany is probably as energetic as my uh, three, three-year-old and six-year-old. Um, <laughs> she is an incredible runner, elite runner. She is fast, like super incredibly ridiculously fast. Um, but she also is just this ray of sunshine, the joy and happiness just kind of emanates out of her. And I think you'll be able to tell from the conversation. Uh, recently she went and competed at the Olympic marathon trials and she got 13th place. And she, not only that, but she knocked three minutes off of her uh, PR, which is mind blowing at that elite of a level, you know, with the elites of the elites, uh, in the United States, it's, it's incredible. Um, so anyways, we're going to talk to Brittany about that. Um, we're going to kind of talk with her about her running career, what brought her into running. And I think there's something we can all take away here. It's the fact that step by step, little by little, she uh, kind of moved that goalpost, right? Like she started off not thinking to herself, I'm going to go run the Olympic marathon trials and kick complete butt. Um, instead, she set a small goal, accomplish that. Now her goal is going to be a little bit bigger, accomplish that. Now a little bit bigger, accomplish that. And I think it's the whole like, what can you do right now? in order to be successful, what's in front of your face. So rather than just looking far off into the future and really being overwhelmed by a goal versus taking it day by day, step by step. And I think now more than ever, uh, taking it day by day, step by step, doing what's best for us in the moment is so huge. Um, so anyways, I'm going to release this one a little bit earlier this week and I'll have another one coming sometime this weekend. Uh, just because since we're all kind of stuck around in and around our houses, um, I've recorded a few episodes and I'm excited to share them with you guys. Uh, you know, uh, trying to make the best out of, uh, you know, really stressful, scary situation like the rest of you. So, uh, all right guys, I better get back out there before my kids completely destroy me in a cardio workout this is the like a bigfoot podcast number 190 with Brittany charbonneau all right guys we're here with Brittany charbonneau right correct <laughs> yes <laughs> got the emphasis correctly uh on the right syllable I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, totally right. Syllable. Um, I'm sure no one's ever messed up your name before. No, it's really easy, yeah. um, especially on race bibs and um, sounding it out and telling people what it is. Yeah. The funny part is, is my maiden name was Lee, L-E. <laughs> and so I went from Lee to Charbonneau and like having to explain that. But my husband's sitting right next to me and I love you and I love our last name. <laughs> <laughs> my wife says the same thing because she went from like Macaulay, which is like a beautiful oh. sounding name to like Ward, which sounds <laughs> yeah. like you just like burped or something. Chris, I don't know. Risen Ward. Ward. Yeah. Ward. It's like, hey, I'm, she, her name's Lindsay. So it's like, hey, I'm Lindsay Ward. And you're just like, oh man, <laughs> come on. Yeah. 
come on. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't even think about that because I was going to say, like, when you're growing up as a student, I bet teachers just completely destroyed that oh. name, but you didn't yeah, even have butchered. that. No, yeah, it was, I had a great last name, and our poor kids, whenever we have them, are it's going to be a nightmare. Maybe we'll change it to Ward. Yeah, Ward. There you go. Done. I actually, there was one teacher I had in college who mispronounced literally everyone's name, even mine. And I was like, how did you do that? Yeah, you must have some sort of skill that you're horrible at reading. Yeah, exactly. But then fast teacher. forward to me becoming a teacher and I've done the same exact thing. So first day of school yeah. is the worst. You're just like, I like literally, I say the kid's last name the first day of school and then the rest of the year I just call them by their first name. I'm like, I'm not even gonna try. You know that. what too? Like nowadays I feel like we've got a lot of real strange names and a lot of real strange spellings and stuff. So I feel like it's not all our fault uh -huh. because there are some like weird names out there now that are so trendy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um at least that's my excuse. You're like, why is your name not Bob? You know? <laughs> yeah, what happened to the Bobs and the Sams yeah. and the like Jan. Yeah. Like it's not, I've never, I haven't met a young Jan. <laughs> That's true. I'll let you know if I like, you know, if middle schoolers come in and there's a young Jan, like that would be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Brittany, so I have to also like, Oh, <laughs> back just on track. back on track. Uh, here's yeah. what I wrote down. I was telling you right before we started recording. I'm like, usually I'm like, you know, not overly prepared, but also not under prepared. But here's what I wrote. So let me show you this on Skype. I literally wrote, runner is funny. <laughs> and that's all I wrote down. So Done, you're have that's, to, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, you'll have to fill in the blanks from there. So yeah, do you want to kind of like jump in? So I recently, I guess we should just start with this. Recently, you went out and did the Olympic marathon trials uh, and did awesome. So let's Thanks. just start talking about that. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so I just finished the Olympic marathon trials, which were was on leap day, so a few weeks ago, um, down in Atlanta, and we left out big time that we were even able to run that race. Now that you know we're in the midst of everything being yeah. shut down and canceled, we were able to get the race in, and um, yeah, had an epic race. I ended up finishing 13th That's overall, amazing. and had a three minute PR in the marathon on a really really hard course. That's okay. So three minute PR, I just know when you get to that high level and there's not a higher level than the Olympic marathon trials, you know, um, you know, talking to people, they've talked about how like even increasing 30 seconds or 15 seconds is hard, but three minutes, like how did that even happen? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, so I ran my previous PR, it was a 2.36 and I ran it at the LA Marathon back in 2018, which is the race that I qualified for trials in. And I've been working since then. So it's been two years. So it was a, it's been two years since I PR'd. Um, wow. And I knew that I was at that level. I knew that I could run faster. I just didn't have races where I was able to put it together yet. And so I was going into trials. I knew, I knew it was a really hard course. I've been training for it. I mean, all season, but also for the past couple of years, but I knew I was going to PR. Like I just had put my mind to it and I knew where my fitness was at. And so went out there and just knocked it out, but it was a long time coming. Cause so it was, you know, two years to wait for that next PR that I just kept chasing, but it came together on the day and despite the course, but I was really proud because I had put all the work in and was able to have a good performance that day and show off all the work that I'd done. Yeah. How much of that was your positive attitude? Because all the oh. pictures I saw that you posted on Instagram, you like, you're in the midst of like almost sprinting. Cause you know, yeah. a, that fast <laughs> of a marathon, you're almost sprinting, but you have this like gigantic smile on your face, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, I, I would say it was 99% of my success was my positivity. It was, I had made the decision. So I had done all of my work physically, obviously, you know, up until trial. So the week of the week of trials, I'm in hardcore taper. I'm really not running, but that was the start of what I call my mental marathon. And so I knew that the week leading up to the race, especially I'd been mental doing mental training all during the season, but leading up to the race that week, I knew that this was going to be my go time in terms of my mental game that I really had to just be on it. And so 
I had done work every single day just to try and stay present, stay positive, like not let those doubts come in and not let myself be talked out of what I knew I was capable of doing physically. So, um, and then I just made the shift to tell myself that I um, was there to have a great time because this is a once, it could be a once in a lifetime thing for some people. A lot of people don't even get the opportunity to run at trials. Um, and it, you know, it, it's two years. I mean, I've been working for two years. And so I didn't want to look back on the experience and think, gosh, I wish I would have had more fun with it. Cause I love running. Like running is what makes me alive and just everything that running has brought to my life. I just love it so much. And so I wanted to make sure I honored it out there on the course and stay as positive, positive as possible and soak in the energy of the crowds and enjoy the two and a half hours because they went by like that. Yeah. And next thing I know it's over and now I've got another four years that I've got to wait for that. So I really wanted to make sure I soaked it up and enjoyed it. And I'm so proud of myself that I did. And that even when it got tough, I had my mantras handy for what I was going to be telling myself when it got hard to then just stay present and just keep, keep running and um, keep going. And I'm just so proud that it came together. So those smiles in the pictures were so genuine because <laughs> I was just having a blast out there. Yeah. What, uh, so like talking about mental training and mantras, like what kind of things did you pull from? Like, can you get a little, like, can you kind of get specific with like things that you actually did, like strategies you sure. used? Yeah. So I have, um, there's been, I'm sure so many people can relate that have run marathons. You are coming off of a taper, you feel amazing. And so you go out in that, those first, you know, eight to 12 miles and you feel so great that you blow out you put all of your energy in those first few miles and then come you know miles 20 onward you're kind of hating life and so I knew that I had made that mistake so many times so I kept telling myself patience 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 and I kept telling myself don't go yet Brett like you need to wait like yeah. be patient and I knew I needed to be patient for like the first 16 miles of the race which is a really long time to make sure that you're being really strategic so that was kind of how I broke out the first part of the race on all of the hills. I, during all of my training, I had done so much hill work because I knew that I wanted to show up as prepared as possible. And so on all of my hill training here in Colorado, I just told myself on all my hill repeats, I just heard this weird British voice in my head. It was like a commentator uh -huh. and this commentator was saying, she is an absolute beast on hills. <laughs> and so I don't know where this came from. And so I just kept like, replaying that in my head so anytime I got on the hills in trials I just kept replaying that in my head and just kept telling myself I was a beast on hills because I knew I was and then I had taped my watch also so I had realized in previous races that when I'm so focused on pace and when that's my number one goal um, is just on pace it stresses me out and so I knew that I didn't want to worry about pace and then this course it wasn't going to come down to time it was going to come down to top three and so I made the decision to cover my watch uh, with a piece of tape and it said surrender to joy. And so that was my reminder of, you know, I needed to stay as positive and in the moment as I possibly could. And then um, I knew when it got hard. So I knew come miles 23, 24 that I really needed to stay as focused as I could. And so I would just break down like just run to that stoplight. Okay, great. Now run to that next stoplight. Okay, great. And I would just chunk my race down that way. And I just started to fake, fake it to myself. So I just was telling myself in those last miles that I felt really good. And yeah. I was just like, I feel so strong. I feel like fake it in your body. So your mind starts to believe it. Um, I didn't feel that one of my pictures, I think my profile picture on my Instagram page is me just lit up with a huge smile. That was around mile 23, 24. <laughs> yeah. So physically I'm not feeling outstanding at that point, but I told myself to physically fake it. So my mind would believe it at that point. And that just is what seemed to work so well. So those are just kind of some of my strategies that I use that really worked for me. Yeah. Have you, have you always used weird accents as mantras? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know where they come from. I get a lot of strange characters that pop into my head. 
during runs or during training. One time I had a theme, my theme for the week of running was superheroes. And so there was one tempo run that I had created these four superheroes. And one of them was like senior smash. And she was this pink superhero. And she was just like leaving trails of rainbows and sparkles behind her. And I just kind of used that energy. So yeah, I have tons of weird characters that, come through in my training but that really helped me to channel different energies that's awesome can i add a, a weird character for you for the future okay so when yeah. my daughter was tiny like i don't even know if she remembers this but basically i would just do voices and i'd be like hey now it's arnold schwarzenegger dad and like i would do my terrible impression oh. of arnold schwarzenegger and stuff but i came up with one because i was watching espn one day and it went to the texas longhorns football team and during their practice, Matthew McConaughey was like watching practice, right? And all of a sudden their coach turns to him and they're like, he's like, hey, can you give a speech, Matthew McConaughey? And uh-huh. uh, and the coach like waves him over and you can kind of tell in his eyes, you're like, he doesn't want to give a speech. Like he just wanted to watch a football practice with his son, you know? But then all of a sudden Matthew McConaughey goes up and he starts like improvising the speech and I realized during the speech that he could say anything if he added like, uh, and I'll tell you why. So he'd be like, hey, guys, <laughs> you got to show up every day and I'll tell you why. And then he like continue his speech. And I was like, oh, my God, Matthew McConaughey could go up to me like, so you got to take the trash out every day. And I'll tell you why, because the trash is what builds up in your life or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Matthew McConaughey, he's the best. So anyways amazing you should have him give you pep talks is all i'm saying oh i will i will uh i'll see how he comes on my run today <laughs> and i'll tell you why and i'll tell you why it's just whatever of running yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that's awesome so i wanted to ask this about the you know i watched it on tv and first of all that's just awesome you know did you go back and re-watch it yeah, you want to know something so funny. So the weekend after trials, Oprah was in town because she was doing her world yeah. tour. So um, my cousin and my sister and I went to a bar right after and just grabbed a glass of wine at this bar. And it happened, they happened to be playing trials at this random bar a week later. And we just like happened to look up and see the see trials playing. And we were on like mile 22, I think at that point. So I had... We like were in this bar and I was like, that's me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I was watching my name climb the ranks. That's cool. And then, um, so that, but that was the first time I'd watched it. So it was actually a perfect time. So I didn't have to sit through the whole thing. <laughs> and um, that was really cool. It was funny watching it because it felt like a different experience than when I was there. Like it didn't feel like I was there. It yeah. just felt like a different experience, but it was really cool to see it on TV and, just see what everyone else is watching and especially as your name starts to climb the ranks. Yeah. Are you, so when you're running that close together, are you, I don't know, like how does how do you handle that? Cause you know, during training, you're not running with like 30 other people all within like a footstep of each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you manage, I think for me, I knew going in mentally that there would be a group and that I needed to also manage running with these women that I've looked up to for so many years. So I've only been running pro for like two and a half years. Yeah. So relatively, relatively fresh into the game and you show up to a race and you're running with your idols can be really jarring. And I experienced that in the 2018 New York city marathon, because that was my first world major as a pro. And I found myself leading the race for six miles of that. And it was terrifying. <laughs> like, just was like, why am I leading this race? Like who, I'm running with all my idols. This is terrifying. So I had luckily had that experience under my belt going into trials. So I knew that when I'm passing some of these women that I really looked up to that I deserve and I belong there as well. Yeah. And I work as well. So just mentally preparing for that. And then just knowing, I mean, I'm, you know how to race with other people and it is a bigger crowd but we have the luxury of a huge road versus if we were on a track or on a trail even something like that yeah yeah what um who do you look up to 
Like what, who are your idols and who did you get an opportunity to race with? Yeah. So Shalene Flanagan was my probably number one idol that I've looked up to for years. She, when she won the 2017 New York marathon, that just kind of was this amazing belief factor. I think that so many runners experience watching her win that race. We just could resonate with her so well. Yeah up to her for years and she's retired now um but she's still someone that i just admire so much so uh obviously she wasn't running but des linden she's just a she's just a workhorse she just gets out there and just knocks out the work and is just so consistent so i really look up to her and then we just got such an amazing group of elite women our women's field right now is stacked yeah we are just I mean, 20, 30 women deep, at least, of just amazing marathoners. It's really cool just to be in the mix of all of them and seeing everyone's different styles and how they all approach things. Um, Obviously, the top three are amazing. (laughs) Their performances that day were just incredible. So, I don't know. I think everyone has their own different piece that I look up to that they're all bringing their own style and it's all making us this beautiful garden of runners and we're all each our own little flower that's unique but it's contributing to this giant garden that was beautiful i just created that image in my head (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess yeah let's talk about that like this what's the start line like you know and then also because i i love running because people are positive and it's a very Mm -hmm it's a competitive sport, but ultimately it comes down to like your performance, not anyone else's. You can't really be mad at your competitors because you're like, I don't know, like they just did their thing and I did my thing and their thing was faster than my thing. I don't know, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's not like that you didn't pass me the the game-winning ball. Like, relies on you, totally. Yeah, so the starting line... This one was interesting because this is the largest group of runners that we've had. So I think I think there were close to 400 women that started the race, which is massive. So to put that in perspective, for a normal world marathon major in the elite, there's probably only 30 to 40 of us. Wow. So this was a massive field. And also knowing what my race strategy was going to be, I knew that I needed to – we were in different waves kind of yeah. based on – where we were seated and so I wasn't in the very front which is great I was in that next section right after that in the a group and um or in the second group and it was you feel that you feel different types of energies there was definitely a lot of nervous energy from some people that you could feel other people it was just tons of excitement but you just had this huge group of women that were getting ready to do their thing and it's exactly like you said we were all there you could all feel the everyone is about to do their own journey and this is going to mean something to each of us differently but I think just kind of I just remember standing there soaking it in and just looking around because I wanted to remember that moment because it's gone so quickly and just remembering who I'm standing there with and also using it as a visualization piece because I know I want to be back in four years and be back at trials and just using that as that visualization piece of seeing myself on that next starting line for the next trial. Yeah. Yeah. How are people handling nervousness? Is anyone like cracking awkward jokes or? That was me. Yeah. yeah that, it was me. And by anyone, I mean you, of course. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. You know, what's cool is there was, I was on the starting line and I looked next to me and a friend of mine that I had run the 2018 trials with, her name was Brittany as well. And she, this is her first, the LA marathon was her first marathon that she'd run and we both run it together. And so we'd connected back then and I hadn't seen her since I was on the starting line at trials. And I looked over and it was her and I was like, Brittany. And she was like, Brittany. And that was really fun because you just never know when your paths cross again with all these other people that you've run with before. <laughs> Did you guys see that movie? Brittany runs a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as a Brittany who runs marathons, what, what's your review? Um, I loved it, but so many people when that came out messaged me and texted me asking if it was, <laughs> and I was like, mm, no, but it, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh, my favorite part was when she starts running and she starts when she goes out for run number one and she's in her Chuck Taylors and these just hideous sweatpants that we all have that are like, you can wear them on the weekends and you can also wear them all the time when you're married. <laughs> uh, and so we all have those. And that was my favorite part was when she went out 
in just this cotton shirt and those terrible sweatpants and her Chuck Taylors, but she knocked out her run. So I was proud of her. Yeah. It was, oh man, I don't, I'm trying to think what I watched it probably like six months ago and I'm trying to remember how I felt about it because I did think it it was good at like showing the process, right? Like of like, Hey, this is how you change your life. This is how you change your habits. Um, I think there was a scene at the end. And of course, like in every movie, there's a part where like the dark night of the soul and like, it's super bummer. Right. And she like kind of reverts back and turns evil again. And you're like, Oh no. And I remember not liking that part, but knowing that it was necessary for the movie. I guess. Exactly. And I also appreciated that she got injured and then back and did it the next year because that's a long time to wait. That's a huge time to wait. And it's, yeah, that's crazy. Well, let's kind of dig in. Like, what's your running history then? Like, what's your story with this thing? You said you, it was two and a half years ago you turned pro, but before that, like, where did this come from? Yeah. So I started running when I was in eighth grade. Okay. And it was just a trendy social thing that everyone was doing. And so I jumped into track my eighth grade year and I was really good at this thing called the mile. So I started running the mile and my coaches said I should go out for this thing called cross country the next year in high school. So I did and was pretty good at it. So I just um, ran cross country and track all through high school, but I was never good. And I put that in like quotes. I was never leading any races. I never won a race. I never went to state on my own. I never was this incredible high school athlete. And so from that, I just assumed that to run in college, you had to be scholarship worthy of an athlete. So I just didn't like think that that was even an option was to run in college. But two years into college, I had a friend that encouraged me to walk on to the cross country team up at CSU and so I walked on as a junior up there and ran my last two years of college. But again, I was never winning anything. I was just really hard on myself. I was underfueled, um, and just kind of, that was kind of my college career of it. I made so many great friends from it, but yeah. in terms of running itself, I never did anything significant. Then I started to get into marathoning after that, just on a whim and, so I ran my first marathon and I ran a 333 because it was the qualifying time for Boston for my age group at that time was a 335. So I barely squeaked Whoa. by with the Colorado marathon. Thank goodness. Cause that one was downhill for the most part. Wow. And then, yeah. And then I just kept, I really loved the process of marathon training and I really loved those long runs that I got to do. So I just kept, at that I ran Boston the next year and then I kind of just kept going from there but I just was, I was pretty recreational but I was and I was just setting small goals yeah so I just like one year I ran the Chicago Marathon and I was trying to break three hours but I ran three hours on the nose nice. again because I went out way too hard and so yeah. I just kind of setting these goals and then in 2017 I set a goal to run the Colfax Marathon and break the record the course record because I heard that you got a thousand dollars if you did that. And I just thought that was amazing. So I did that. I broke the record by like four minutes or something. I no ran a two fifty. Yeah. And so that was my first race that kickstarted this belief in myself that I could do big things and I could actually win something like a marathon. So then from there, I realized that I was not terribly far from the B qualifying standards for the Olympic trials, which yeah. was also absolutely absurd to me. And so I was training to do that. I was training to run a 245 and my training was going so well. I had then started working with my coach who I still work with. She's amazing. And, um, I ended up running the A qualifying standard, which was a 236. So I ran a 15 minute PR from that Colfax win. And so, um, it just kind of snowballed for me. And then after that, after I qualified for trials and hit the A standard, that was also another belief factor for me of wow like I have so much room for improvement still and I'm running this fast like I may as well if I've qualified for trials I may as well try and get those top three spots Wow, one of the top spots and so I just have been working for the past two years to do that and it's not gone super smooth but I think like that's the beauty of it is that it all did come together at trials and I'm was able to get even closer to my goal. And so now it's like, great, there's so much more fine tuning to get to that next trial 
and I get to have so much fun in the on the way there still. Yeah, that's a good outlook, you know, like uh, the small incremental steps. And then think about like the small incremental lessons that you probably learned along the way. Oh, and totally so many that are just invaluable. And it's all of those little ones that add up. It's not these big yeah. giant things that we're really gaining the most insight out of. It's these little tiny things that are always adding up that are getting us closer to or further from our goal. And we just keep adjusting. Yeah. So can you talk about the moment where you really realized that you could win a marathon, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, in 2015, I was living in Chicago and I was looking up, I was about ready to run a half marathon there. And I was looking up some of the times and one of the times that won in the previous years was like a minute off of where I was running or my PR, it was like a 126 or something. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to try to win that. And so I ended up winning that half marathon. And that was the first moment that I realized if I set a goal like that, I never thought I would win races. Yeah. And so I set that goal and I did it. And then from there, it was just such a rush and such a cool feeling to be the winner of an entire race that I thought, okay, what's next? Like what other one could I try to win? And I'll see if there's a marathon that I could try to win. Yeah. Um, and that was when I picked out Colfax and yeah, I don't know. I just had decided that it was within reach. Yeah. It was a little bit of a stretch, but it was definitely within reach. And so I was going to go for it. Yeah. So I just picked that goal. And then the best part is, is I did get the thousand dollars, but they gave it to you in a happy Gilmore check, <laughs> like a like giant happy Gilmore check. Uh-huh. So that was motivation enough for me right there. It's just it's these little motivations that keep me going. You're like, how can I win a giant check? All right. We're going. <laughs> I'm not good at golf. <laughs> Surely marathons give out these giant checks. <laughs> um, were you living out here when you did Colfax? I had just moved back. Okay. Yep. So I was living in Chicago a little bit before that. Met my now husband and we are both from Colorado. So we both moved back. Um, that same year or in 2016, we had moved back in Colfax day one in 2017. Yeah. Why do you think there's so many like high level and elite athletes that live in Colorado and especially like on the, like if you go to Boulder, I'll go hiking in Boulder and no joke. Like I was struggling up bear peak and these two, like probably sixth graders sprinted up the mountain past me. And I was just like, Oh my yeah. God, I thought I was in shape. <laughs> you know, what's funny is they probably weren't sixth graders. They were probably 31 year old pro athletes like me who look like sixth graders. <laughs> that might be so, true. Yeah. So it was probably us. Um, I, well, the altitude plays in our favor. Yeah. That's a massive benefit that we get to train at altitude and then race typically at sea level. We also have 300 days of sunshine a year. I mean, we're we're supposed to get snow tomorrow. And I, there's been only one day this year that I've had to do a treadmill run. So I think we've just got the benefit of nice weather on our side. And it's just that culture. I think our community here is just so active as it is that it kind of promotes the uh, running activity. And then there's, and then we've just got the retired runners and athletes who are now sticking around and helping coach this next generation of runners. So I think it's kind of just this conglomeration of it's the perfect breeding ground for some elite runners. I think. Yeah. Do you have, do you use a coach? Yeah. So I met my coach, her name is Jenny Nedick and she owns Mercuria running. So think Freddie Mercury, but it's the female version. (laughs) Um, She, I met her at the Colfax. Whoa, there goes my, had been. Um, I met her at the Colfax awards banquet in 20, right after I won and, uh, ended up just chatting with her and we ended up working together since then. And she's just been amazing. And I now coach under her brand as well. So I'm now part of Mercuria running as a coach. So yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know, um, not just like coaching one-on-one. I know we got connected because of Bill, uh, running the parks, Bill, um, and, and he said, you guys like would take kids on like group runs and stuff like that. Like when you're talking about working with kids or just working with other people, like what kind of skills do you think are necessary, uh, to be successful at that? So we teach a couple of different things. So for us, because we love running so much, we wanted to come down to 
you being able to continue to run and stay healthy being or running. So we teach proper running form. I mean, that's the foundation that we want to make sure that people are running properly. So they're able to continue running. You know, we hear all the time that running kills your knees or like, I can't run anymore because running ruined my knees. Well, it's likely it didn't. It just is, um, you know, it's, you just probably didn't have proper form or weren't taught how to run properly. So that especially we work with adults and kids of all different variations. And I think if we can teach kids proper running form starting early on, it's just going to set them up for more success later. So that's kind of one piece that we do. We also teach, we also do like workouts and training plans. So we put those together for everyone. And then we also do workouts with them like in person. So as, as much as I've learned, the mental game is paramount for improving and running and just enjoying running. And so really just being able to be one-on-one and teach those mental tricks that we've learned that we can then translate. And then our like number one basis that we use is play. We love running. So we just try to be out there and play. So, you know, we're in this global crisis right now and we are still able to go out running. So, but we want to make sure that everyone is still able to stay connected. So we created a free virtual run club called team Mercuria and we, each week we're giving everybody challenges. And so that's how I approach my training. And so we are extending that to everybody else. So for example, this week we are telling everyone to collect smiles, not high fives <laughs> since we like are supposed to be socially distant. Yeah. And that's been really fun. And like everyone's on the same mission essentially to just be out on runs, being active and sharing their experience, encouraging others to like just still be out there and playing on our runs because that's really the foundation of what we do. Yeah. And especially now, like more than you know, any time I can think of, like we need that joy and we need that yeah. experience of freedom that running gives you like for me when i go out for a run and sometimes i'll go out and i like won't even have a plan and i'm just like i'm just gonna go i don't know where i'm going yet uh but i know i can like find my way back (laughs) that's important totally but um yeah yeah but like that that's so necessary especially if we're going to be cooped up more than normal which we should be um and things like that but so I want to ask you about challenge, like exam- more examples from your challenges, because uh, I have a group of friends who are training for their first ultra right now. Um, oh, wow. And we're on this big group chat text and I'm sending them challenges every week and we're keeping like a scoreboard of who's cool. completing the challenges. And then I was going to make this like stupid trophy at the end. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So what, what do you got? And we'll share challenge ideas, I guess. Cool. Yeah, I love it. So... One of my favorites, well, so I have a disgusting habit that I pick up change on my runs. So uh-huh. pretty much every run I'm out there picking up change. Like last night I found 45 cents. The day before that I found a dollar sixty, which was just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so I for me, that's my own fun challenge is just to go I call it street sweeping. And so I go out and see how much change I can find. But of course if you're doing ultra than trail, that's difficult. So um I always try to change up my route. So like one challenge is don't run the same route in the same week yeah. or something like that. Oh, Just okay. always try and change it up. Um, if I have, so one theme this past training cycle, one of my weeks was Eminem, like the rapper. Yeah. Cause it was, it was picking, it was themes of people that I really looked up to and that I, um, admired and Eminem is just my favorite rapper. And so one day I had uh, an eight mile road run, <laughs> And then I, there's a street on, near my house called Detroit Street. So I ran literally eight miles up and down Detroit Street. <laughs> um, there's uh, colors is really fun to play with. Okay. So you can wear white at White Ranch Park or um, play with or wear green on Green Mountain. Yeah, like I yeah. things like that and just it helps change it up. Oh, this one is great. One time last summer, my theme was John Denver. Okay. And it turns out there is a John Denver statue at Red Rocks. So I parked like at a trailhead far away, ran to the John Denver statue and then ran back. And that was my mission. Like it's nice to have a goal in the middle of your run. So that way, if you're doing it out and back, you've got something that you're going running towards to accomplish and then running back. So today, for example, there's a street, I don't know if 
hopefully this is not this is fine uh there's a street called corona street okay. and so because we're in the middle of this i'm gonna go run to corona street and then i'm gonna run back and i'm just gonna be thinking about how grateful i am that even though we're going through all of this i'm still able to out go out run so yeah I and just that you don't live and... on corona street yeah that'd be terrible yeah, yeah i'd be like so... hey can we change the name of the street now come on guys yeah yeah, that would be that would just be and one more reminder that you'd have to see every day. Oh my god! I, yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't need any more reminders, you know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are awesome. I I'm gonna probably steal a few of those for my friends because I started running out of challenges because one of them was like, go on a run. Who can get the most high fives? And I'm like, oh yeah, that one we have to take out. Um, yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So and. Jump on our, um, so we, our team Mercuria is free to join. So we are on Strava and everyone's kind of posting all of their smile stuff this week in there. And then each week, Jenny and I are sending out a video of introducing the challenge, kind of recapping last week and just kind of yeah keeping things really topical. So, um, yeah, join that as well. Um, and we'll have different ideas of how to keep it fun and fresh. Yeah. And I'll make sure I link all that like to the podcast Great. so people can find it. But I think now more than ever, like building these communities and learning how to build them, you know, in the weird way that we're going to have to, like right now we're talking via Skype, but it's like, nice. I get to have social interaction for a little bit. Like this is cool. And so like figuring out ways to build those kind of communities and just keeping the positivity up. And I know like with me and my group of friends, just through this race that I'm texting, like we're all checking in on each other, you know, we're like, Hey, yeah. how are you feeling today? Cause I don't mm-hmm. know how it's been for you, but for me, it's been a total roller coaster of emotions where like, you know, at moments I feel great and other moments not so great. And I just think it's, it's nice when your friends call you up and it's like, Hey, how are you doing? And then also yeah. along with that, I think running can somehow, there has to be some way to use running as like a positive in this, but like, my my thing that I'm really thinking of and like conscious of is like how can I affect my neighborhood right now like yeah oh that's great there's so much out of my control you know yeah but it's like what can I do in my neighborhood where I'm at where I run through where I see people like how can I do something positive here I guess if that mm-hmm. makes sense so. and I absolutely and I think it's us being out staying doing what we love yeah you know, I think we forget how much our, when we're doing the things that we love, how much joy we actually radiate without us even knowing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, people who might be at home and looking out their window and feeling like they can't leave and then they see you running past and out there every day doing your thing still and just still soaking it up, you know, I think that that could go a long way that we may not know. And the other thing I've been utilizing throughout this whole time is thinking about, okay, I really started to think about this as my training cycle in the sense of how would I approach, how do I always approach a training cycle in a hard race? Whenever I start to find myself thinking about my next big race and I start to get overwhelmed and it starts to freak me out and I start to panic about the race itself, I always have to come back to the present and just say, I'm only working on getting better in this run today, yeah. I don't need to worry about the future because I don't know what's going to happen in that race. And again, I can't control the other runners. I can't control any of that. I can show up as my best self then, you know, and the hard part right now is that we don't have an end date. We don't have that race yeah. um, date on our calendar that we can look forward to, but knowing that there is going to be an end in sight at some point, but just remembering to come back to just this run today. That's yeah. all we have to focus on is just today's run. And then tomorrow we worry about that run. You know, that's really helped me. And I've been working and journaling and meditating on that because I know that that helps put me at ease because it's so familiar because that's what I do in training. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that makes sense. And, you know, it is, it's this, these little, like you mentioned earlier, I I think in the podcast, like the little things add up, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing the little positive things day after day eventually adds up um, to, to be beneficial. And I think right now, and I, I really like what you said about like, you know, if people see you out there running, doing your thing, like it is this calming normality, like it's calm and normal. And you're like, Whoa, cause I've done the same. I've, I've, you know, been sitting outside in my backyard with my, with my kid 
and you'll see someone jog by the fence and you're like, oh, people are still jogging. Like, yeah. it'll be okay. We can, yes. people are still out there. They're jogging. You know, it's fine. Versus, you know, like when you go on Facebook and you see pictures of grocery store aisles that freak everybody out. It's like, yeah. personally, I'd rather be putting that positivity out into the world rather than, you know, promoting panic or promoting negativity, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can't, we can only do what we can do to be prepared and as yeah. prepared as we can. And then, and look at all the amazing lessons we're already getting out of this. It's teaching us stillness. It's teaching us to focus on these little moments and these connections with people, whether yeah. it's, you know, that we're still getting that human interaction. It's teaching us creativity. How do we get creative and run with a couple of people if we're allowed, but keep space there, yeah. you know, I, there's, there are so many positives that we're already seeing that we just have to focus on those. Otherwise it can be just a downward spiral. Yeah. Well, I mean, even me thinking about like, how can I help out my neighborhood? I'm just like, Hey, jackass, why weren't you always thinking that dude? I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's so hard. Cause it's, yeah. You think you're like, why was I not reaching out to people anyway? Yeah. But maybe just this global reset that we need. Yeah. For humanity's sake. Yeah. But you're right. It's stressful because the whole like uncertainty idea and stuff like that. So yeah, it is. I, I totally agree with you. And you know, are do you, you obviously like your goal is in four years going back to the Olympic trials. Um, but do you have like, what's your next like goal that you're working towards right now in this moment? Yeah. So I haven't set my fall race schedule yet just because so much is still up in the air. Yeah. And we, well, my coach and I knew that we weren't going to set any races in place until after trials. So that way I was just focusing on trials. Yeah. Originally I was going to be training for the 10 K just to get some speed under my belt. It makes me really uncomfortable. So I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and just play in that speed area a little bit. So I think I'm still going to just keep doing that, even though there's no races there. That doesn't mean I can't go like hold my own race. I mean, I've got enough commentators in my own head that I can yeah. manage that. She's rounding um, around the corner. Look at her go. She kept going round the circle. She's absolutely smashing it. <laughs> um, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I'll tell you um, why she's doing good today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Math McGonaghy yeah. and this British commentator are kicking butt today. Yeah. So, and she just crushed her 10 K. Uh, so I'm going to like focus on that for the next couple of months. And yeah. then I'm so excited to get back into trails this summer. Yeah. So maybe what's going on there. And then, um, yeah, I'll have a major marathon this fall. I'm not quite sure which one I'll choose yet. Um, but that's kind of on the horizon. And then, you know, looking ahead, my goal for the next four years is just keep playing as much as I've been playing and keep having as much fun with all of this because, it's going to be over before I know it. And I looked back, I started to get really serious about everything last year because I was told myself that I was an elite runner and this is what elite runners do. And elite runners are crazy and they do all these things and it was bonkers. And it was, I was not enjoying any part of it. And so my coach and I made a shift that, you know, cause I looked back and I thought if I look back on this, am I going to be happy with how much I played and how much fun I had, or am I going to be like wishing I had stress less? Yeah. And so I didn't want to look back on that. And so I just made the decision. Like, I'm going to have as much fun on this journey as I can and just take the rides and do the things that are calling me to do. You know, there's races out there that I might not do as a traditional elite runner, but I'm kind of just determined to do things my way and just what is speaking to me and where the most fun is and just kind of follow that and just yeah. see where it takes me. Yeah, I love that. I, I had the opportunity earlier this year to – talk to uh maggie guterl do you know who maggie is trail runner she's uh she won the crazy race that's the uh bigs backyard ultra where you just run a four mile loop for hours and hours until there's only one person left <laughs> yeah that's anyways talking to her though she has the same idea it's like you know if you're not signing up for races that you're actually passionate about if you're just signing up because you're like, I guess I'm supposed to sign up for this or like everybody's signing up for this, like you're going to run out of steam eventually, you know? Yep. So I love that. Like, yeah, do things that you're excited about. You're like pumped about because that makes the training that much easier. Totally. And pick the, pick the challenge, pick the things that are 
uh, really challenging yeah. that or that are like scary. We always say pick what's exciting you, but also pick the thing that's freaking you out because that's <laughs> typically where you're going to grow the most and learn the most. Yeah. Um, and that's where I ended up getting on trail. Trail was terrifying to me because I am not a big nature girl, despite being from Colorado. I just am not like into <laughs> animals and like freaks me out, but ended up getting in trail last summer. loved it and, awesome. you know, did well out there. So yeah. yeah. What do you think about White Ranch Park? That that one destroys me every time I run it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the first, if you start in Golden, the first uh-huh. three miles are straight uphill. No matter which oh, way you go, you're like, I'm going uphill for the yeah. first three miles. And usually I go out there for my long run. So it's like a 12 mile. Like if you just follow the boundary, it's like 12 miles total or something. Yeah. Um And but it's like the after the first three i'm exhausted and i'm like oh my god yes. i have nine more of these what what am i doing that is challenging i love the uphills because you always get the like reward of the downhill yeah so i really like that so i always think about my uphills as earning that super fun speedy downhill white ranch has a really positive memory for me for whatever reason whenever i ran there this past summer it was it was the middle of the week no one was really out. And for some reason I was listening to a podcast about Christmas. I don't remember why I was doing that. So I was out there in the middle of summer on my own, listening to a Christmas podcast or had Christmas carols going for whatever reason. And so I have really positive memories there. So (laughs) yeah. So I don't remember the Hills as much as I do learning about Santa. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I got to ask you this part too. So I, we talked about runner and then I wrote dot, dot, dot is funny. So what is that like? How does that aspect like help out your life just in general? And like, yeah, go into that a little bit. Yeah. So I've got a comedic background. So when I I quit my job almost three years ago now, my big kid job, because I wanted to pursue running and I wanted to pursue comedy because at the time I had just moved back from Chicago. I was studying at Second City at the time and also studying at different improv theaters out in Chicago. And then I got back to Denver and jumped into the improv scene here. So I've got a comedic background and I had done my own one woman show back in 2018. Hold my running journey. That's more terrifying than running in my opinion. Some people. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But it's funny. It's the exact same thing, right? Like the performance is on you because it's, I did it a one woman show. So it was, um, the, the performance is on me. So yeah, I've got a comedic background. I still teach improv here in Denver at the bovine metropolis theater downtown so i still kind of keep that going but i've realized that i've got this comedic background and for a long time i felt like i needed to establish myself as this comedian but i've realized that just being me is funny and it's starting to come through in different areas of my running like all these different themes and then i started making art of these Themes that are popping into my head because I'm out on these runs and I'm getting really visual. Yeah. And so a way to channel that uh, humorously for me is I create digital art. So I had a whole lineup of characters that were on the starting line with me at the Olympic trials based on all of my training themes. So I had Julia Child was there. I had Oprah oh, and The classic. Rock nice. and they're all in their running gear. So, yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of just like finding different ways to uh, keep playing and improv is such a great background to have because it teaches you to just be in the moment and take whatever is given to you, whatever suggestion is given to you. So that really helps me stay present and running and just look, look for the play in all of it. Well, and that Mm -hmm. like ties into running. It seems like. Yeah. And I've, I've like made it function in my favor. So yeah, totally. That's awesome. Do you have anyone that inspires you in that aspect or in like that field? Yeah, my favorite comedian is a British comedian. Her name is Miranda Hart. And she's just, uh, she's very physical. She's awkward. And she also just uses really smart and uh, I would say like witty humor in the sense of very obvious humor. She kind of has an Ellen vibe that they tell jokes that it's just very obvious that you're like, why didn't I think of something? And it's not self-deprecating humor, just very obvious, playful light humor so those two i really look up to because they just um don't take themselves too seriously and they also just like point out the funny things in life yeah that's awesome that's awesome well yeah so where can people kind of like connect with you or or find more about you and things like that 
Yeah. So uh, I'm very active on social media. I love sharing what's going on in my crazy world. So they can follow me on Instagram at funnyrunner26.2. And if you're really compelled and want to follow my art page, it's funnyrunner26.art. Um, I'm also on Strava. So you can see my daily runs on Strava. And uh, also a great place is mercuriarunning.com or our Mercuria Running page on Instagram. And then to be part of this virtual run club that we have started and this kind of crazy journey that we're starting in that realm, um, teammercuria.com, you can sign up for our emails. It's totally free. And it's just, um, we're putting out our challenges. We're uh, throwing out mental drills or just anything that's going on right now, just to kind of try and keep us all connected. So those are the few realms that we are out and about in the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so one last kind of, uh, question here like what what do you think's one thing just like whoever's listening to this podcast what do you think is one thing they can do to add a little bit of goodness and positivity to their community right now yeah that's a great question gosh one little thing I think right now the one thing that you can do is keep getting out and making time for yourself in all of this time and still getting outside and still keeping those runs going yeah. runs or walks or whatever it is. Just, I think it's so important for everyone's sanity is just to be able to go out. And at least for me, I'm just so grateful that we can still be out running. And so I think being out there again, like we never know what trail of joy is being left out there and that others are going to pick up on just by us being out there. So I think just, trying to stay as normal as possible, but just stay present and just improvise everything, right? Like just take whatever is given to you and can we make this positive? Can we make it fun? You know, we're all in this together and it's all this unknown landscape. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that maybe just, just keep running. Yeah. Keep running. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you, Brittany, for coming on the show. And uh, I would love to have you back on at some point you know, when you crush the 10 K or you crush the next Olympic trials. Done. Yes. One million percent. I also just saw on my, so after this, I'm going to go for a run and I saw that you had an interview with an elite stair runner or stair climber. Oh yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So maybe that'll be my route. Maybe yeah. I'll, maybe I'll be inspired to be a stair. Is a stair runner or stair climber? Stair I think it's both. I kept trying to look up stair runner on Google when I was putting the show notes together and it kept sending me to like home Depot. Cause apparently, and I don't know anything about that stuff, but like apparently a stair runner is some sort of thing that you put on your stairs. So yeah. Oh, right. Like a rug. Okay. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set the record. I'm going to set the world record for running stairs at Home Depot and just confuse the world. There you go. Oh man, that would be that would be crazy. So yeah. And then Matthew McConaughey and a British commentator will be there to document the whole thing. I had like a one time, and if we're just being real open here, I had a dream that one day I was running an ultra run and I was going down the trail, right? And all of a sudden, I just hear McConaughey running next to me, but we're going the same pace, and I'm like, oh my god we're at the start of 50 K and I'm here with Matt McConaughey and we're going at the same pace. We have, there's nothing to do except become best friends and you have to. Yeah. yeah. And then we became all right. All right. Yeah. And then at the end I was much cooler. So, Oh, 1 million percent. Well, let's tag him in this podcast when we post it and see if we can get some love from, uh, from Matty boy. That'd be the best. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, it's good talking to you. You too. Thanks Chris. Yeah. Bye. All right, guys, that wraps up the show this week. Uh, huge thanks to Brittany for coming on and just sharing your joy with all of us. Uh, you're awesome. And uh, hopefully someday we'll get to go for a run for like, I don't know, 30 seconds before you take off and I see you disappear uh, into the distance and, you know, through the horizon <laughs> because you're just way faster. Um, all right guys, that wraps up the show. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're finding, um, you know, things to set goals towards things to stay positive about. It's really kind of a scary unknown situation with the whole COVID, 
uh, virus right now and the quarantine and stay at home and all that stuff. Um, but I hope you guys are just out there being the best humans you can possibly be in, in each and every moment. I'm trying. I've had moments of being frustrated, moments of being down for sure. Um, and I got to say one thing that's brought me up is just getting outside into the sun, into the fresh air. And sometimes that's all it takes. I went outside, I stepped out into beautiful weather. I started jamming to some tunes and I felt better instantly. So, um, those little things are going to add up and I hope you guys are, uh, taking that into account. All right. Anyways, we will get back at you guys later this week with another episode, probably this weekend at some point, um, when I get these edited together and typed up and all that stuff. All right, cool. We'll talk to you then. See you.